two technically challenged men. Here we are. Hey, what's up, guys? Dummy Room Punk Rock Podcast, numero 161. I am Nate. This week, I welcome back to the show one of the best dudes around, one of my favorite guests ever, Ronnie Barnett. How you doing, Ronnie? I'm doing good, Nate. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back, of course. You been good? Yeah, yeah, no, I've been good. I just want to say up front, if I start telling a story that I've told before on here, stop me. Oh, man. My big fear is repeating myself. So. Now you you tell great stories. So, um, but hey, I want to I want to well, before we get started, um, I want you to kind of uh, think about something, and then at the end of the episode, I'm going to ask you think of a think of a really good Kim story, maybe something you haven't told yet. Okay. I'll come back to you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, Hopefully, hey, something will come to mind. Yeah. So hey, man, this past weekend, you know what I'm going to ask you about here, but you're a big. Uh, rock and roll memorabilia guy, of course, and this this goes way beyond memorabilia. But what did you think of Linda having to drop nearly a million bucks for Johnny's guitar? Oh, did she? Was she the one who bought it? That's what I heard. Ah, okay. Because yeah, the, I kept seeing like people like, "Who's the buyer? Who's the buyer?" And someone was speculating it was some lawyer. And um, hey, look, uh, uh, and it's not just because you know, I, I Daniel Ray is a friend of mine, and and he's a cool. great guy. And 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 let's face it, Johnny sold. Daniel that guitar when he were when the when the Ramones were over so it's not like Daniel like picked it up cheap in like 1980 or something like <laughs> you know yeah. Johnny was married to Linda when he when he sold it and um you know all these people that are like he should just give it to uh, Linda like I mean uh, you know he may no as well way. just keep it then right I mean yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I mean uh you know I'm sure he didn't think it would go for almost a million bucks but um you know that said uh I would imagine the Ramones estate um, generates some income, and um, you know, good. I'm glad it. I'm glad it found its way home. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool that she got it, but it was like, holy shit! I didn't think it would go for that much. I knew it'd be, you know, way out of my league, but not, <laughs> not out of everybody's league, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw like John Doe posted like a month ago, like nobody bid on this, so Linda can buy it, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking, oh yeah, that's gonna this is gonna do the trick. An Instagram post. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, hey, uh, uh, rock and roll history, right? I mean, look at that thing. I love the pictures of it. I love yeah. all the Just natural the wear shit. on it and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's great that it's great that Johnny basically made it for life, you know, like I did. You know, I, I didn't play. I, didn't have, I played the same bass basically the whole my whole career. Still uh, got it? Not even basically. my. I played the same bass my whole career. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I still got it. There's a There was a time in the mid-90s where I was trying to kind of play another one just i don't even know why just i think i thought like why well, I, I should maybe be pictured with a different bass or something um <laughs> but uh you know it didn't it didn't sound as good so um yeah the bass i played my whole career is the bass my father gave me is my first bass when i was 13 in 1978 so you know that's cool. uh maybe i'll sell it to daniel ray um, yeah there you go yeah, he'll sit on yeah. it for 20 years and then 
He's got some, some money, money now. Yeah, yeah. I, I could. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just thought it was. I just thought it was cool. You know, like I, I, I imagine maybe maybe we're a little closer to getting like a Ramones museum. I mean, that's quite the investment for her to just have stored away in the house, the Ramones ranch. So I'm assuming she'll maybe do the, do the museum now. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a, there was a, a show that uh, I know it was in New York and it, and it was here in LA too. I went and saw it um, of Ramones stuff. That was amazing. Um, you know, one of the things that, one of the things I was blown away by was seeing the t-shirts from the end of the century, like, um, or, or maybe it was just Johnny's. Actually, now that I think about it, but still, seeing that red shirt, um, yeah, that he—I'm sure he never wore again. It looks still with new. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one resonated with me. I don't know why. Yeah. What's the coolest Ramones thing, uh, piece of memorabilia that you have? I know you told me that you had the uh, Leave Home like letter opener. I do, I do. Which was uh, recently. There, there's a show on um, Access TV um, hosted by Ahmet Zappa called Rock and Roll Memorabilia or something, something like that. And uh, the second episode, somebody actually brought that item there, and they have an appraiser and everything. And the the appraiser uh, appraised it at like twelve hundred bucks, which I think is a little over, wow, overdone. He was also saying like, I think there were less than fifteen of these made, which I also doubt. I, I'm sure there's more <laughs> of them too, but uh, no, no, that would have to be the top of my Ramones um, stuff here. I also I have a Pleasant Dreams pillowcase. Um, I don't have the little mini beat on the brat bat um which i would love to have and i'm sure they go for a ton of money now i've not seen one in a long time yeah i don't think um, i've heard of that before yeah um and i want to say that's about it like as far as like promo items like that ramones wise unless there's like little like you know maybe the record company in italy made something or you know i don't know there could be later ones and adios amigos um something <laughs> yeah, yeah or you know <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure. They weren't that big of a band, so they probably just didn't get that stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, at, at a certain point, uh, they just kind of fell into what they were, right? And yeah. They stopped, probably stopped trying to get them on the radio and stuff. And yeah. Then, you know, plus promo items became, they, they that basically kind of went extinct after the 90s. Yeah. You know, so I so, don't see a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So. I'm a, I'm a little behind on some things, so I'm I'm a little unaware of this. But are you still doing the Boom Boom Room? Um, good question. You know, um, it's not like, it's not like we're on any kind of real schedule, really. I mean, I know um, were there three seasons? I mean, um, uh, I I don't know. It could come back at any time. I, I you know, um, yeah. I, I I don't have an answer for you. By the like, look uh, of your room right now, it looks like you could do a good twenty seasons. Oh, oh, I've got tons of uh, besides <laughs> besides what you and the people are not looking at right now. Um, um, I've got tons of stuff that's not like displayed or, or whatever. So, yeah. oh yeah, um, no, we can keep doing it. I mean, people, uh, the few people who watch it like it. Uh, it's yeah, fun yeah. to do. Yeah. So, so you've been doing uh, some other. So you've been part of some uh, some access TV like music docs, right? I have. Yeah. Um, there's a show um, on there called. Uh, Music's greatest mysteries, um, and it's. Uh, I have not they, seen this yet. I have not yeah. seen this show. I don't. I don't think I have that channel. So you probably don't have the channel. Yeah, yeah. 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 You gotta. You gotta see the channel. Um, um what you can see. Um, basically, the show is like thirty minutes, and it's split in like three different subjects per show. And um, you know, it doesn't delve too deep, but um, but uh, it's fun. It's a lot of 
people just kind of explaining different things. And um, there is one clip you can find on YouTube or anyone can find on YouTube, uh, a complete clip of the Sid Vicious uh, segment. The big mystery is like, did his mother give him the heroin that killed him? <laughs> um, and, uh, and actually, um, you don't have to watch the whole segment, Nate, but if you watch just the very beginning, I start that baby off and um, I come off with some real heavy shit at the beginning. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Basically, my whole life, you know, I've watched those kind of shows my whole life, like, you know, best week ever and all that kind of stuff. That's basically yeah. what it is. Um, a bunch of talking heads saying stuff. So, like, I trained for this, you know, my entire career. <laughs> so, um, you know, if I never get on TV again, at least uh, I've made it on some. Yeah, it's fun to, like, comment about um the guy from Iron Butterfly who became a rocket scientist and uh, got killed under mysterious circumstances. And, <laughs> you know, I, I comment about Willie Nelson's IRS, you know, problems. And yeah. So um, do you get this? I mean, how do you get involved with this? Is, I, I assume a producer is a fan of yours or something and calls you up or. Yeah, actually, no. Um, actually, when it, when the when the show first started. They they needed a kiss expert and um, <laughs> of a course. friend of mine uh, a friend of mine uh, recommended me and so cool. they brought me in really to talk about kiss and then the producer uh, I think immediately noticed that like um, I can basically talk about anything um, I have an opinion and might and probably know at least a, a smidgen of something about about any <laughs> any of these subjects so like I'm sitting there I do the kiss one and he's like. You want to talk about Aerosmith? I'm like, yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> you know, you want to talk about Sid Vicious? That was all season one, and uh, yeah. So um, for season two, they sent me like a list of the subjects they were doing, and I was kind of like, yeah, I could talk about this, 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 and this. And um, you know, the one I was really passionate about that I didn't make it into actually was the uh, the uh, Billy Squire. Uh, you know, did the did the shitty video kill his career? Um, and I've been passionate <laughs> about this my whole life, like. Um, the, the, that video did not kill Billy Squire's career. Billy Squire was a pop artist. He wasn't like Iron Maiden. This video of him prancing around in a pink tank tank top uh, did not make the rock crowd get turned off to him. Uh, basically, he made a bad record, and he's a pop artist, and you're only as big as your latest hit. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, he's prancing around doing the same moves in the Stroke video, uh, only the uh, tank top is not pink. You know yeah. what I mean? Um but I didn't make it, it. My tape didn't fit the narrative. So um, anyway, I didn't make that episode. But yeah, hey, it's fun. I mean, uh, you know, I've had a couple people just say they were cruising through channels and actually saw me pop up. So that's that's uh, as I would hope. Um, that's cool. I'm going to make sure I don't have. <laughs> I think I had that channel at one time, maybe when I had cable. But now I'm I'm, I'm not on cable anymore. But I still yeah, might yeah, be able to get here. it. Yeah, I got rid of my cable. I, I now have Sling. Um, That's what I have, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have the live TV? Uh, I, I don't think so. No. That would be key, I think. Um, okay. Because I got to have some live channels, right? Um, Did you get that well, just just to watch yourself on there? Of course, Nate. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I would. I got I got it because I, I um, <laughs> saved you a not, shit ton of money. This, this might not resonate with a with the the audience here, but I, I got to have a little bit of sports. Um, I, I'm not, I don't watch football. That's like jock stuff, but, um, baseball and basketball, I got to at least have a little bit of it. And, um, you know, so a, I assume you're a Dodgers fan like Kim was. Oh yeah. Dodgers, Lakers, Clippers. You know, we have two basketball teams here Yep, yep. and, uh, 
and I see no reason not to be a fan of both. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, I think it's weird that people are just a fan of one or the other. Um, yeah, I always thought that was point. weird too. Like Chicago has like two baseball teams, and I always hear like people like, "You can't be a fan of both." I work with a guy, and it's like, well, why the fuck not? You know? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And then you know, maybe when they play each other every now and then, okay, maybe you have a little uh, <laughs> preference, you know? But um, yeah, you know, yeah. So cool. Yep. In fact, there's a Dodger game going on right now, and where you know it's the last week. But I'm talking to you, Nate, instead of uh, watching that. So they, they must not be very good this year, then. No, no, no. They're it's quite a uh, it's quite a season. Again, I don't know if your audience is interested in this, but um, uh, uh, us. I'm saying us, like I'm on the team. Uh, uh, us <laughs> and the Giants, the, the the hated San Francisco Giants, are actually the two best teams in the National League, and um, we'd be running away with the division in any other um, National League division, but but we're t- actually two games behind the Giants with like five games to go. So cool. Uh, Having this, having a great season like we have, we it might come down to us playing a one game, wild card game with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, who are super hot right now. I'm uh, I'm in Wisconsin, you know. So Brewers, I don't know how they're doing. Oh, right, yeah, Brewers are doing great. They won their division. Okay. In fact, we uh, end the season playing the Brewers this weekend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the Dodgers for you and Kim. Fuck the Brewers. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the Brewers <laughs> won the division already. Yeah, yeah. They just, you know. I got some friends that are <laughs> screaming at me right now. So. <laughs> yeah hey i saw a picture on facebook today of you it says at the shop what's the shop yeah a lot of records my, shop, is that well, at the store yeah yeah i work in a record store and uh as i the, have most most of my life um is that the back room or something or what that's uh the, yeah i guess it's a back room of sorts yeah yeah it, it's a back room with kind of some overstock and uh cool yeah i i um a couple months ago i i i did a uh I got interviewed for a documentary about the Zeros, the punk band, the Zeros. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know. Um, used to have to really d- differentiate because there was a, a, there, was a there was a pop metal um, band called the Zeros that had purple hair, who were actually quite good in their own right, but um, no one remembers them anymore. But um, yeah, and the director um, Anthony was back in town interviewing some more people, so he came by the shop and uh, and I was like, Anthony, you got to get a shot shot of me in the shop. Um, <laughs> so that's cool. Last <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah. We- Last time we talked, uh, you know, the pandemic was was uh, you know it was it was going for sure. But um, you you had said that Gary Busey was in the store and oh, yeah. uh, didn't want to wear a mask. Yeah, he was one of the uh, he was one of the most <laughs> problematic customers we had. Uh, I, 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 that doesn't surprise me, I guess, with that guy. You know, you know, I will say all, and 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 it's it's look if you break it down, we've gotten very few people that are that are real assholes about you know wearing masks or whatever but uh they're all old people um and, and gary Busey was is amongst that crowd um you know <laughs> <laughs> the worst customers you know the guy this guy yelling all the cliches and you know calling a sheeple and all that stuff yeah, yeah, and meanwhile yeah. meanwhile his daughter is with him wearing a mask with her head down just embarrassed <laughs> you know what i mean so oh man you know yeah that sucks it's not it's not too much to add you know if I have to wear a mask for you know seven and a half hours a day in the shop, you can wear it for you know the short amount of time you're shopping in a, in a store. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you also posted that Ace Fraley sent you a friend request. I'm assuming that's not the real the real no. deal. No. How cool would no, no, that no. be though? I click on the uh, on the uh, you know where your all the requests sit um, <laughs> and no yeah. mutual friends, right? Right. So, yeah, know, yeah. It's obvious. I look. Yeah. I mean, there's. 
lots of celebrity, uh, fake celebrity profiles. I'm not on Twitter, but I mean, there's tons of them there. Um, uh, yeah, you know, hey, look, uh, if, if the real ace is listening, I'd be glad to be your friend. Hey, uh, listening. I met you a few times. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm a big fan. Uh, so, <laughs> who's the most who's the most famous person that you consider to be a friend of yours? Oh God. Um, I think you're question. probably my my most famous friend. I consider you a friend. <laughs> I don't know anybody else. I, I consider you a friend too, <laughs> uh, Nate. Um, uh, God, I, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe not most famous, I, but like like Rick Nielsen or something. You probably don't consider him a friend, but you're an acquaintance of him, or you have been. Uh, That's yeah, pretty I cool. Have, I have been, but you know we don't we don't text each other or anything. Um, no, no, no. I mean our our whole. Uh, our whole career uh, uh, in the Muffs, um, you know, we rub sh- shoulders with a lot of a lot of the greats. Um, you know, if I have I told my Ramon stories? No, his- no, no. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, I mean, because I should really start there. I mean, um, uh, in 1995 on the Blonder uh, tour in Europe, we're we're in um, we're in Holland, and um, Roy comes backstage. He's like. Uh, Dee Dee Ramone's here. He's trying to get backstage. <laughs> I'm like, I can fucking let him in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what, <laughs> so Dee Dee Ramone came back, and and the first thing he said to us was, uh, uh, "Your first two records uh, got me through rehab." Whoa, holy shit! And uh, yeah, I, I don't think we'll ever. I, I'm, we we never got a better compliment than that, right? <laughs> um, I'll add, we only had two records at that point, and one of them was pretty new. Um, but yeah, yeah, somewhere I have um, Dee Dee's handwritten um, phone number. <laughs> Whoa, from that night cool um so that was that was cool and then i cut to like i don't know two years later i'm uh i'm at cmj lookout gig with my um then wife lisa from cub who were playing and um mm-hmm. and in the room is joey and Dee. damn and they and they weren't talking to each other but i was <laughs> talking to each one separately about the other like like i'm in the middle of this ramones you know little little dumb quarrel which is hilarious and um yeah yeah, and the reason that i felt okay approaching joey was because we um that same earlier that same year we got asked to open for uh ronnie specter um there you go maybe ronnie specter is my most famous friend um uh ronnie ronnie specter um was uh had not played here in many years and was playing the viper room and asked us personally to open right so we didn't meet her till sound check so we meet her i'm talking to her i'm like how had you heard of us or, or why how did it come about that you asked us to uh open and she said well i told joey i was playing la and, and joey said if you're playing la you got to have the muffs whoa so, <laughs> that's awesome go. that's yeah, incredible yeah, yeah. so um yeah so enough Ramones. said man that's yeah, yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. enough said and um you know, Dee Dee's widow, Barbara, we used to be uh, friendly on Facebook. So I've not seen her around on Facebook in, in a couple of years now. But, um, you know, I consider her a friend, too. So everybody um, associated with with Ramones that I have that we've had on the show, uh, Linda, CJ, uh, Monty, um, all great. CJ's the fucking best. Yeah, um, I met CJ um, when the Muffs first played uh at CBGB, this would be 93. Like, so after the show, he bought me a beer at the bar and we, uh, we, <laughs> cool. we had, we had a nice little hang there. I've not seen him since, but we had a nice little hang there. So, um, 
you know, and I and I won't blame him for the band speeding up and, and sounding trying to sound more hardcore during his uh, stint in the band. Yeah, no, he's great. He's great. Super, just down to earth, humble guy. Night. Have you had a Richie on the show? You should have Richie. No, I haven't had Richie on the show. Uh, okay, he wrote a great book. Um, if you haven't read it, I haven't read it. You know his yeah. his solo stuff. I don't I don't care for it. So I don't know. Well, look, well, look. We're not gonna. I'm not gonna. T- <laughs> I'm not gonna defend anybody's <laughs> solo stuff. Um, but uh, it's a good book. Yeah, I'll check you it out. You talk about I'll the Ramones. Yeah, I know you got to talk about the, whatever the new stuff is, too. But uh, I could do the interview for him. Yeah, we're playing Brazil and, uh, you know, Argentina. You know, that's where all those guys go, right? Which is, yeah, which makes sense. It's where the have to. Yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I'd love to have him on, but, I, you know, I guess I got to get Marky first, maybe. You know, <laughs> Marky hasn't been on yet. There you go. I guess you got to wait till those guys are promoting something. Then they're, then they're willing to do a lot of interviews. Was Kim a big Ramones fan? Uh, yeah, she was. I mean, she was definitely. Um, it's funny. Like, like after I, I would say after we after we kind of solidified as a band and started working as a band. I mean, I can't say Kim was really a big fan of anybody. Like, she likes stuff, but Kim was very selective in what she liked. Like, it, you can't say she was a Ramones fan because she didn't like everything by the Ramones. I mean, she she didn't like everything by anybody. She's a huge Kinks fan, but you know her cutoff is like. 1968 or something you know what i mean like kim uh, a lot of people probably don't know kim like 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 big band jazz and stuff and uh cool. you know if she was like you know listening to some mix on an ipod it's probably more likely that stuff uh, as well as you know she loved mercy beat stuff and freddie and the dreamers and herman's hermits and all that kind of stuff but again that stuff's locked in time too that's like a certain era um you know so yeah, I can't say I knew Kim to really follow anybody's career throughout their whole career. Hmm. Um, you know, Kim wasn't the one who was dying to go to a record store or anything. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> when you guys toured and stuff, like I always, you always hear about a certain person has to go to all of these stores or all of this, you know, all of these kind of places. Were you the guy that had to stop at every record store? Um, I, you know, I. I never made the band do anything. I mean, we, we were the kind of band that like, um, it's funny when we toured with, uh, with chicks dig it, like we, we'd, we'd get to the gig and, and they'd be like, Oh yeah, we drove all night after the gig and, and went to Juarez, Mexico and, and, you know, partied all night. And, you know, they would go do all this <laughs> stuff. And in the months we would go, we would go to the hotel and like <laughs> sleep late, sleep as late as we could. You know, <laughs> nice. just the yeah. just the bare amount of time to get to the next, you know, get to sound check the next day. Um, you know, uh, that's just that's just how we were wired. I mean, I you know, I regret not, you know, like being in Paris and not, you know, I got the chance. Oh, if you wake up early, you can go to that, you know, that cemetery where Jim Morrison and okay, you know, yeah. all the others are. And I considered it, you know, but I, you know. I woke up early and thought I'd rather sleep a couple more hours. Yeah, I mean, me um, too. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's just how we were wired. So we didn't go out of the way to see the, the world's biggest thermometer or the, you know, <laughs> the London bridge that they, that they imported over here. That's like somewhere in Arizona, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, which I regret to a certain extent, but you know, also we needed, um, you know, we needed a rest. <laughs> there was days, there, there was one day we were in, um, this hotel in Asbury Park, which, which Asbury Park now is like thriving again, but at, at the time and for a long time, it was like a ghost resort town, right? Like 
we were in this huge hotel and there was only like one other like room like like rented to someone um <clears throat> and roy I, i kept trying to get roy i was like you gotta at least come down to the boardwalk it's right here um you know we're both springsteen fans you gotta see this and uh i couldn't get roy to go down three days we were there so you know <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's us So Chick Stiggett was the party band, huh? Were they the they biggest the party, party band, band no, no, that you guys hear, toured with? Yeah, yeah. You'd hear, um, <clears throat> you know, there, there's one gig where there's a crazy girl going around, like asking everybody, <laughs> you had a band, you had a band, you know, and I just said no um, <laughs> to get rid of her. Yeah, it turns out um, one of Chick Stiggett ended up fucking her and, you know, they ended up <laughs> partying somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, those guys had a great time. Cool. Uh, I love that band. Road. Yeah, they, they made the most of it. Oh, man. So such a great band and such you know it doesn't get any better than being in a, on tour with a band like that that's always upbeat always in a good mood always delivers on stage yeah um has songs you don't mind hearing every night um and we were lucky enough to have that several times during our career uh you know still great i mean a lot the last gig we ever played was with chicks diggit you know yeah and the smugglers that's awesome sure it was kj and three other people we didn't know but they were all cool too and yeah was, yeah <laughs> well you know and, it's KJ's that's you know he's the voice you know and the that yeah the whole stage presence and him and just his banter is just fucking awesome nope still still great the mic stand is still low um <laughs> even at KJ's age now yeah 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 <laughs> speaking of famous people I learned something about you fairly recently and I was very shocked to uh, learn that you are in the plaster caster club oh Yes. I yes. had no idea. I, I, I Googled it, and uh, the Wiki, Wikipedia says that you were number 50. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, Nate, uh, it's technically number 00050. Um, and when, when I did it, I'll, I'll, get to the, I'll get to the before, but when um, the night I did it, uh, Cynthia has this routine that she goes through before she casts somebody, and she's got this notebook she's had since the 60s. You know, it's got notes of when she cast Jimi Hendrix in there. Um, and so she turns a page and writes down number 00050. I remember saying, like, look, honey, if you plan on getting to the 10,000, you better uh, you better step it up a little <laughs> bit at this point. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. What happened was, uh, and this is pretty incredible. Uh, we started our first national tour um, in, in 1993. It was like it was like a week before our first album came out. So we, we started the tour... Um, somewhere uh somewhere in the midwest but the second date was chicago right so we hadn't had a record out we just had like three singles out and um we play the show it's at the metro we're opening for the goo goo dolls uh they were a rock band still at the time a lot of people don't remember that <laughs> yeah um and a good rock band at the time yeah yeah is, when they were yeah 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 they were good they were good um so uh we're playing the metro and uh i don't know if you know that club but 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 yeah yeah it's got multi-levels in the bottom of it There's a uh, establishment called the Smart Bar. So after you play, um, got to be open till 4 a.m. or whatever. You go down there. And so anyway, I, I was still hanging around the dressing room. And Kim comes up. All of a sudden, she walks in the dressing room. And she's like, Ronnie, you got to come downstairs. Cynthia Plastercaster's down there. I've been talking up your dick. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm like, really? Um, okay. So um, I follow her. We go downstairs. And then standing there is a... Uh, Cynthia with her lawyer and her lawyer was Santiago Durango, a legend in it and onto himself. He was in big black and um, yeah, yeah. naked ray gun. Um, and 
they're both looking me up and down like like it was like if I was a cartoon, my body would have turned into a steak, you know, with the head on it. Um, and like and Cynthia very sheepishly, um, I learned this. She she only casts people she's a fan of. So she was a fan of ours from hearing cool songs of ours from whatever our first three singles on college radio or whatever and showed up at the gig. So um yeah, a lot of people, you know, kiss with that song about her, but she's yeah, not yeah. a Kiss fan. That Gene Simmons isn't cast, you know. So, um, so she says, like, look, we're in litigation now. She'd given the the, the cat her old cat her whole collection to um, Frank Zappa's manager Herb Cohen in the '70s for safekeeping, and he wasn't giving him back. Hmm. Um, so she had to take him to court. Um, and Santiago Durango was her lawyer, and this is '93, and um, she's like, look, I don't have my kit as she called it which is like a, a a little mini suitcase with all her uh things she uses to uh to do the cast and uh, she's like but look next time you're in town i'd like to cast you if you're willing and um i was like uh you know i i, I didn't think i'd ever be asked and it's not something i <laughs> thought i'd ever do but i can't turn that down you're one of the most famous groupies of all time so um we stayed in touch and um as fate would have it, after that tour, we uh, three months later we went out on a co-headlining tour with the Digits, um, and everyone listening should go check out the Digits if you don't know them. Uh, they want touch and go, great rock band, uh, D I D G I T S, mm -hmm. wonderful band. And um, yeah, we're playing the Lounge Acts, and Cynthia shows up and she's like, uh, "Well, I won my cast back. I got the kit. If you want to do it tonight, let's do it." And um, and there you go. We went. We uh, we went to her apartment. Uh, traditionally, um, in the past, you know, it was the plaster casters of Chicago. Um, at this point, in sense, it's really just been Cynthia. And um, so, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about the process. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you want to hear, I, I, <laughs> I was too afraid to ask. <laughs> I once, I once did uh, ten years ago. I, I got asked to do a spoken word gig, and, and then this is I, I killed with this story. Um, if anybody wants to book me on their spoken word gigs, I, I am available. And um, I'll give you the short version. So I told you about the notebook. Basically, she she changes into this outfit that's like a Cub Scout. I don't know the significance. I if I knew, I forgot at this point. <laughs> it's like a Cub Scout like shirt top with a uh, kind of pin to it. It's kind of a skirt at the bottom. Is this kind of like wild pattern? Turns out that is like material from Keith Moon's pant leg. Okay. Hmm. Uh, she needed a, a rag or something when she when she did him, and um, and he like just tore his pants and just goes, "Here you go, love," you know. And um, <laughs> ever since then, you know, that's what that's part of the uniform. And she like she balled it up and took a took a sniff of it and then offered it to me. And of course, I took a sniff of Keith Moon's pant leg. Of course, <laughs> I had to. It's never been washed. Um, uh, I smelt it and um, yeah, and basically she lays uh. She lays a newspaper down on the ground. Um, it's it's very uh, methodical, and it's not like I say when there's another person involved. There is some sexual stimulation that goes on, uh, getting you ready. But she's like a scientist, and what she uses is like um, <laughs> alginate. I think is the correct pronunciation. What dentists use to make impressions of your teeth. So she's on the ground mixing it up. Right? She's on her knees. She oils me up because uh, you get oiled so you don't stick. Uh, and the, I don't mean to gross anybody out, but so yeah, the, yeah. Uh, so the pubes don't stick in there and stuff, <laughs> which happened to Jimmy. She, she ripped off a lot of Jimmy's hair. Uh, that's how she learned to do this. 
So she oils me up and she's like, you might want to start beating off now. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm leaning into the refrigerator, looking at Chicago, doing the best <laughs> I can, thinking I, 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 I'm not going to forget this. Um, she's on her knees in front of me, uh, mixing it up. Uh, it's in a container. Um, there's another mental image you'll never forget. You know, when you go to like Denny's, and you get like a milkshake and they give you that extra shaker part with the remainder. The metal shaker. So that's what it's in. Um, and she's mixing it up. And, and like, okay, like I'm doing the best I can, but it's not the most sexual thing. And all of a sudden she's like, okay, go in. So I go in and, and to make a good um, impression, if you will, you're supposed to stay in there hard for like a minute. Um, she's on her knees. She's stuffing the balls in, you know, so they get in there too. Um, and, what, what, and, it's, and it's cool, right? I cannot stress how cool it feels. And you can't feel if you're hard, soft, whatever. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm being too graphic. No, um, you're good. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, so anyway, after a minute, she's like, "Okay, okay, pull out," and she sends me to the shower to clean up, and uh, and then that's when she pours the plaster in, and it sits there for 24 hours. Okay, so I, of course, had to move on to the next town, you know, as a traveling <laughs> musician. <laughs> the next day, so I call her the next night. And I'm like, uh, "How did it come out?" And she's like. Uh, first thing she says is, well, I think it's just darling. Um, <laughs> and what happened, and she's had this happen before. Um, what happened was I softened in the mold. So it, 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 it curls, it curls around, excuse me. Um, hmm. it curls around. So, um, if you see, uh, there's a documentary called plaster caster. Uh, I'm in it. And, um, and, uh, <laughs> there's a scene where, uh, she used to bring me in her spoken word gigs. Um, I assume she would still do them uh, in better, in best case. I don't know about these days, but of course. But um, uh, basically, she brings me and John Langford from the Mekons. Okay, now John Langford, he's got a really big dick, and it's just like it's a straight up <laughs> specimen, right? It, and it's like she holds it up, and the crowd is like cheering. They're waving flags with the dick on it. You know what I mean? They're like, it's pandemonium, um, and and like, <laughs> and then she lifts mine. And the crowd is laughing and she's like, well, you got to have a long dick to pull this off. Right. And, um, and so anyway, um, uh, that said, if you see like bits, like these little, again, on those kind of VH1 ish shows I was referring to earlier, when they do bits on her, they'll show like a lot of the dicks and like silhouette. My dick is often is always on there and it's really? got personality. So you can tell what you can tell it's there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I didn't see it for a year. I didn't see it for a year or two years, uh, the better part of two years, right? Next time is when we're back in Chicago and she comes to the lounge acts and she, <laughs> she brings it and it's like in swaddling clothing. It's like, in, it, it's like in a, <laughs> it's in like a purple velvet, you know, like thing. And we took pictures in the photo booth there at the lounge acts with it and stuff. And, uh, meanwhile, a year before that, I was talking to uh, my friend, Ken Stringfellow, who, uh, was on tour there with Big Star and uh, and and went to Cynthia's house and, and I talked to Ken. And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I held your dick. I saw your dick. I held it." <laughs> and I got to admit, I felt a little weird about it because I hadn't even seen it yet. And uh, you know, and you can read it. Ken did a Big Star tour diary, and you see like um, <laughs> Ken talks about it and wrote, "Saw Ronnie's dick." Uh, parentheses huge. Um, I'm not trying to say anything here, uh, but anyway. Um, there you go. I'm part of the collection, and um, and if you get the DVD of that documentary, there's a there's an extra where like 
a lot of the casts are on there. So you can actually pull up Jimi Hendrix or, or, or my dick and just, it twirls around. You can watch it all night if you want, Nate. Um, That's you know, amazing. all angles. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's there for rock and roll history. Um, recently, there was like a, a Zappa convention. There's a Cynthia billboard. She sent me a picture of this and she's posing with my dick. So it's one of her favorites, you know, for, you know, that's incredible. There you go. Yeah. yeah I, I um, heard that. And I thought that that can't be true. There's no way no, that's no, true. And... Those, there are a lot of things in the Musk career that it's like, it's like, I've really blown away that happened and, and that happened and it happened early on. Like, so, um, yeah. So uh, why, so let me ask you, when you do that as a Kiss fan, are you really into doing it because of Kiss? Or are you like, uh, do you realize that, you know, Jimi Hendrix did it? It's, it's. Which yeah, angle yeah, yeah. No, are no, you no. playing there? Yeah, yeah, no, no. The kiss, the kiss thing is is like far below the just <laughs> knowing who she is and knowing she's a famous groupie and reading about her in magazines and you know I've yeah, been yeah. I've been a scholar of rock you know since I was like nine you know so you know I was given a collection of Cream magazines when I was nine in 1974 and that really got the ball rolling with me um, so you know. Uh, yeah, I knew her name. I got all the books on groupies and all that stuff. You know, I'm a fan of the, <laughs> I'm a fan of the genre. Yeah. So what happens to your dick? Like when she passes away, like, does that, <laughs> I, uh, is that part of her estate or <laughs> I, I, it, well, it, it will be a part of her estate. I mean, what happens, you know, it's been, she had a museum show. It was in there. I mean, um, I, I I'm likely the only get. What is this show? One sixty two, you said, or something? One sixty one, yeah. One sixty one. I'm likely the uh, only guest you've had that that's dick has been in a museum show. Yeah, um, I bet. Yeah, I, I'm pretty confident about that. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, it'll stay with the collection, and 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 she was trying to sell copies of the of of them for a while. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think anybody ever bought mine. Because um, she was always like, "Look, I'll give you a percentage. You can donate it to charity, or you can and." Believe me, I was going to take the money. If, if somebody's <laughs> buying a copy of my... I was part of the Curved Collection, and it was like me and Noel Redding from the Jimmy Hendrix Experience, and I um, can't remember who else, but... Um, Curvature. No, no one ever bought it. Curvature, just like the Pansy Division yeah, song. Yeah. But uh, but not, not, that's not the same, though, because they're talking about a different kind of curvature. I just cur curled around in the in the mold. That is, that's really good. That's... Oh, my yeah. God. So, it's just... I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, it's not a curl. It's not a curled dick, uh, but it, <laughs> but the cast came out that way. So, <laughs> oh wow, that is just that is the funniest thing. I I, I was kind of doubting it was true, and then no, it's good. Yeah, it's a good story, yeah. man. It's true. It's uh, I, it's <laughs> yeah. I saw the list, and it's all. It's either Jimi Hendrix, you, or, or basically a bunch of people I've never heard of. Well, there's not. She had a lot of like things that there were ones that didn't work out. Like the Keith Moon, she was trying to do it in wax. That didn't come out. Like Wayne Kramer, just the head part came out. Um, you know, I, I think there was a Peter Tork attempt. Um, yeah, there's not as many as, as one would expect. It's not like she, you know, um, I think uh, maybe Peter Noon's the first. You know, Anthony Newley is in there, um, which you probably don't know who he is, but he was like a crooner. Anthony Newley sang the Candyman um, okay. in the movie, you know, in the Willy Wonka movie. So he was like a, you know, he was like a, <laughs> like an Andy Williams, like, you know, Robert Goulet crooner singer in the 60s. Yeah. Um, you know. So like you would I have said, been in your 20s when you did this. Maybe 30 by then. 20s. Um, uh, let's see. 93. Uh, 
No, no, I was 28. Yeah, I was born in 1965. Yeah. How old was she? She must have been in her 40s. Yeah. Uh, At least. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. She yeah, was I would hope so. Probably 50s, actually. Um, well, <laughs> I mean, she was a teenager in like 1968. So. Okay. You know, she had the idea um, from. She was in art class, and they and they the the instructors, <laughs> you know, gave them the thing like cast, you know, objects with this stuff, and she's like, huh. <laughs> This is a way to meet uh, people I, you know, admire. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, she's a legend. She's very nice. She's a very. I, I love Cynthia. Um, she sends a Christmas card every year, and it's always some fat. If you're in Cynthia's apartment, is all like phallic things. There's like a Empire State <laughs> Building lamp, and you know, there's just stuff like that everywhere. She talks about dicks, very clinical and very, you know, <laughs> she's a fan. Yeah, that's so, cool. Yeah. So, uh. Last episode, me and my buddy Craig talked about our favorite songs, the best songs with with guest vocals. And uh, Kim, of course, was mentioned a few times. She said she did some stuff with No Effects and Mr. T Experience and Leftovers. Um, was that something? Do you know if she really enjoyed that? That she get asked to uh, to do guest vocals a lot? Seems like she would. She'd be the one. Like if I was in a band, I would want to ask her. I would never would, but I, I would have wanted to. She had yeah. to have gotten asked a lot. No, she got us a lot. There's other ones that just, you know, they would always want her to scream, which she tried to not do, but she did do on a couple of things. Um, you know, uh, yeah, she she got she got asked a lot. And in fact, when she passed away, I kept reading in uh, in her uh, obituaries how she sang on a uh, uh, Let's Go Bowling. Is that the name of the band? Yeah, ska yeah. band. Yeah, she sang on a song of theirs called My Wiener. Like I did. I, <laughs> <laughs> Never read that in any Musk article ever throughout the year. She didn't talk about it. I had no idea. It's a um, good segue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But obviously the no effects one is the, you know. That's the big the, one, yeah. That's the big one most people know. And that, you know, all of a sudden people in no effects shirts started showing up at our shows and, and stuff. She she sang with them live. Um, there's a three-day epitaph festival. Uh, I forget what they called it. Uh, at the Hollywood Palladium. So she did sing it live with them once. Um, that's when that record would have been their latest record still. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, she got asked, she would do it. I mean, um, you she know, sounded so like she sounded really cool, but definitely weird on that song. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, you know, uh, him, you can tell it's her, but it's like, yeah, she kind of sounds a little irritated or pissed off when she did it. Kim was always going to, uh, sound like she wanted to sound. It's not like Kim was going to take direction and you know if they're like <laughs> yeah you know can you sing this like linda ronstadt i mean kim's gonna sing it like kim's that's why she growls in it and stuff um yeah you know I, I, she probably took a little direction but um you know kim you, you you're not gonna be able to tell kim to do anything right um i learned that i learned that real quick um <laughs> well I, I learned that being <laughs> in a relationship with her before the band but then i you know i, I learned that definitely um throughout our career there, there were decisions we could have made um in our band that might have been uh, I don't, better is probably the wrong word, but but things that would have um, done us a better um, uh, service as far as like, <laughs> you know, making uh, people that are promoting our record uh, happier, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, it just wasn't going to happen. And, and, you know, and that that led to, uh, you know, us making our final major label record basically by ourselves and, and you know, and then basically doing that the rest of our career so yeah but you know everything you guys did was was fucking 
just awesome, you know. No, no, thanks for saying that. I, I you know, er, early on, I thought like oh, I'd be great to have a, you know, get Nick Lowe to produce it or something. But you know, looking back, just that that kind of thing was never going to work. I mean, that's why the records are all even even the first one. You know, if it says produced by the Muffs on those first two, I mean, that means co-produced by Kim. I mean, Kim was always right there. Yeah. Uh, with the guys, with Rob Cavallo, you know. Yeah. Side by side. Her songs, though, they're 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 pretty timeless, you know. Yeah, no, no, and that's you know, in in retrospect, um, that did do us a service because our records do. Besides, you know, there's some dated stuff on the first record, but like the rest of the records are are pretty timeless, and that's mm-hmm. that's because Kim Kim was not trendy at all, and we weren't going to have like uh, some hip guy, you know, that mixed records <laughs> at the time. We weren't going to have whoever mixed. Never mind, you know. Yeah. Come yeah. remix a song for us, you know. That just wasn't going to happen. So that said, you know, yeah. That that's that's got to play into why the Muffs are so beloved, though, and they're just like everlasting because they didn't have that overproduced, polished, slick record, you know. Even though your records sound good, don't get me wrong, but yeah, they yeah, sound no, no. like they're still gritty a little bit and they're still rough around the edges. But the, the songs no, no, no. are there and they sound awesome. Even I mean, our slickest stuff is is our most beloved record, really. Blonder and Blonder. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. our slickest sounding record. And like, and that's still year, has balls. Kids in you America, know? you know what's that? Yeah, it still has balls, though. Yeah, yeah, no, it still has balls. Yeah, no, it's still. And again, <laughs> it's not all sweetened out with a bunch of extra um, instruments or like, you know, reverb or you know, Kim hated that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, even even like Kids in America, which we did with Rob, um, you know, still sounds like a rock band. You know, it's not. It sounds like us. Yeah, that's what I fucking love about the Muffs. It's just like, like you guys weren't gearheads. You would just plug in and play. And that's how your records sound. And that's how you did it. And it's just, it's like I said, it's it's timeless. And the Muffs will live on forever because of that. Yeah, thanks for noticing. I mean, yeah, Kim Kim had two pedals and a tuner. Like, (laughs) and I played through no pedals. Whenever I see a bass player have a big rack of pedals, I don't understand at all. I don't either. You know. I would plug straight in the amp. I would maybe I said this before on here. I I would unplug to, to tune. Like I didn't even play through a tuner. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be like kong, 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 you know, and like <laughs> in the middle of our sets. I mean, that's just you know rock and roll. I liked it low and loud, and and, and you know that's I, I Kim, Kim would adjust some tone things when I when I'd be stuck with an amp with like a one of those graphic equalizers, you know, in the head. Mm-hmm. At sound check, I'd be like Kim, can you adjust this? Because yeah, I had no. <laughs> I had no I didn't understand it. Still don't. One of the things, like I said, um, you know, Kim's obviously gone, but I, I see you on these things, and you're you're very. I think you you carry a torch of one of the greatest rock and roll bands in history, and I think it's important, man. I think you being out there, doing things like this, doing these documentaries, doing whatever you're doing, talking about your dick. I think it's just you know, <laughs> there's there's still an audience. There's always going to be an audience for the muffs and there's kids that you know five years down the road will be introduced to blonder and blonder and they will realize that how great you know how 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 shitty it is for them that they never got to see you guys live but i think it's cool that you're still you know thank you no no i I still yeah i have young people all the time um say like because you know me nate i'm always like really you've heard of us you know like (laughs) i've just always been that guy and yeah yeah and like i have Young people say like, no, no, you're, you're appreciated. And, uh, you know, it happened, um, since we talked, the whole Linda Lindis thing happened. Um, 
they did our song Big Mouth in, in a, yeah. that Amy Poehler directed movie called Moxie on Netflix. And um you know, and then got a big got a big got a big big record deal. They got they got signed by Epitaph and got like <laughs> half a million followers on Instagram overnight. You know, that's that's crazy. It is crazy. Um doing our song in a bikini kill song. So, you know, yeah, that that kind of stuff is still happening. So that was a that was an honor. You know, they looked at a lot of songs in that movie and they chose the bikini kill song in our song. So that goes back to the timeless thing, right? I mean, uh, yeah, the material holds up, and, and it likely always will, or will for the foreseeable future. And um, I really appreciate. It. Yeah, no, I appreciate. It. Let Let me ask you. You you've been you've been involved in these uh, these music documentaries and stuff, but I I gotta ask, dude. When is are we ever gonna get a Muffs documentary? Any kind of like a behind the music's type of show for the Muffs? Yeah, you know, I would imagine it will happen someday. I, we actually, uh, uh, a guy in, in New Jersey who actually, um, a very talented guy who, who's made other documentaries. He made one on the wedding present, that that band. Um, um, uh, he, he started one back in uh, 2014, or around the time before, right before um, Whoopie Doo came out. Okay. Um, actually, it would have been probably the year before that. I think it was before the Pixies thing. So yeah, it would have been the year before that. Uh, he started one. He actually has a lot of interview footage. He collected a lot of stuff and he meant to move to the West coast. Um, and just life got in the way and it didn't happen. Um, but when Kim passed away, he got in touch with me. He's like, look, when the timing's right, I, I want to restart this. So you never know what could happen. Yeah. Yeah. I've been interviewed for a lot of documentaries and, 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 you know, I wish they all would actually get finished. I, 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 I saw a great quote from Jello Biafra. He's like, he's like, I get asked to be interviewed for documentaries. And my, my line now is, I, let me be the last person you interview because uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm tired of getting interviewed for these things that never come out. So, yeah, you know, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm off one. I, I would. That's a no brainer, man. I think it could happen one day. Yeah. I mean, there's a, you know, at that point there was, we were still just a working band with a, with a good career and a lot of good stories, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> we didn't foresee the, the, that Kim would, you know, go away and there would be like a finality to our band. Um, but I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen one day. Who knows? I, I, I got, so. a, you know, someone got in touch with me that had never made a film before and stuff. And I just, I don't know. I need a little more. <laughs> it's got to be done right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. You don't get a chance to really do that, do it more than once. So unless you're the Beatles or something, you know, <laughs> then, they, then they're endless. But you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh man. I can't, I, I, I just, I look forward to it, you know, just the the footage that hasn't been out there. You know, there's got to be some footage that isn't on YouTube yet. And Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the benefit. That last year, it didn't happen. Yeah, This year, yeah, it yeah. didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. Any news um, on that? Anything? Uh, no news, really. I mean, um, they tried to kind of feel everybody out um, around the springtime when it was, things were kind of uh, looked like things were going to get better. And things actually did get better for a little bit there. Um you know, but my, my take, and again, I'm not in, I'm not in charge of this thing. Um, besides being, you know, involved in hosting it and, 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 and you know, in the springtime, I, I mean, my whole take is like, I'd rather, I don't want to, and again, I'm not in charge of this, but I didn't want to do it. I, I, in the springtime, I was like, they're trying to like, kind of feel everybody out for like, how do you feel about September? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And I, and I was, my take was like, look, I, I, I don't know how things are going to be in September. I, nobody does. Um, I'd rather do it when it's 
when it doesn't have to be weird, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't want to do it like Bob Mould's doing where everybody's masked and things are weird. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I Again, I don't know. Who knows how long we kind of stay uh, where things are weird to some extent, where, you know, maybe things are never like they were. I, you know, who knows? Um, but the latest was they were trying to fill everybody out for like February next year, which which at the time sounded good. At this point, I don't know. I don't know that it sounds good. I, I can't, you know, like I told him, look, if this thing gets booked, I will be there. But like, I can't pretend to be all gung ho about doing it where, you know, I don't know. So, you know, I think it'll happen. I, I hope, hopefully the, the bill stays intact. You know, it was a great bill. And, um, you know, it had sold out. We finally had to kind of cancel it because when, when it was postponed last year, nobody was able to get refunds. And finally it was like, look, should cancel this so people can. <laughs> at least get refunds and yeah yeah but anyway um it seems like uh something we we can do whenever it's right to do like it's not like people are going to forget about kim or not want to celebrate her um you know that's never going to go away yeah in the meantime uh like a month ago uh an old friend got in touch with me who's a uh, I, I won't say who it is but uh she's a pretty major uh music figure that was like I love Kim so fucking much and I just want to celebrate her. And what do you, what do you think about you and Roy and, uh, me and, uh, another friend of ours in guitar doing a muff set, doing LA, doing Seattle. And, uh, if we do this, it'll be, it'll be a really cool kind of big deal. So I, I hate to kind of tease that. And we'll see, we'll see if her enthusiasm still continues. Um, that's cool. But it was not, it was nice to get that message from her. Uh, so I was going to ask you that if there if a situation ever arises at a benefit or something and you're asked you and Roy to get up there with somebody else singing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're, we're going to do it. We were going to do it at Kim's thing with um with uh, me and Roy and uh, Jeff and Steve from Red Cross and a couple of guest singers. Uh, and it sounded good. We, we actually rehearsed because, you know, oh, yeah, I'll refresh everybody's memory. Uh, Kim's benefit didn't get canceled until four days before it was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's when everything went to. The world went to lockdown literally three days after we rehearsed. It actually sounded good. Um, what songs were you guys gonna play? Um, uh, I don't give away the whole set, but I will say we were gonna do "Honeymoon" with a okay Anna Warrenker singing. Um, you know, and it, it wasn't gonna be a whole set, but it was gonna be like four or five songs. And um, cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, that's that's the kind of thing that'll get me and Roy to do it. You know, as if is if either they're they're good friends of ours like like that like red cross or like you know anna or um or even uh my old long lost friend who wants to do this this set i even told her look we could do some dates in europe with this new york <laughs> yeah yeah she she's that big a name so you know who knows Maybe is that something happen. is that something you 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 know kind of wish for the blessing of like kim's sister and family uh, I think they'd be okay with it. Uh, you know, the the Muffs, basically, Muffs business is me and Kim and, and me and Kim, me, me and Roy and Kim's husband, Kevin, you know, um, we had some stuff to deal with this year and we, we, you know, we Zoom, we talked, we're in contact, we still have to file, we still have to get our taxes done together. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, Muffs decisions are the three of us. So, yeah, well, I think and, it'd be and, cool. I mean, just the, keeping the, keeping that alive, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and believe I, I think uh, Kim's husband and Kim's sister know that uh, um, me and Roy honor Kim uh, 
you know, we would never do anything. We're not going to form a, a, a Muffs with like, you know, we're not going to form a band called the Muffs with <laughs> somebody else and try to make records or something. That's yeah, never going to yeah, happen. No. Well, that's good. So, <laughs> yeah, if we do anything, it'll be a tribute and, and it'll be the right thing. So, yeah, they know they know we're in good. They they know their her legacy is in good can good hands and you know. But that's pretty exciting, man. Hope you guys play in Wisconsin if you do. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You announce a date somewhere, and people are like, "How about Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. come in here." Like, <laughs> that's like when you play a gig, and somebody right after the gig is like, "When are you coming back?" Like, <laughs> we, we, we were just here. You just saw us. <laughs> well, I, I guarantee you that Time Bomb Tom would fly you guys out. Oh, Time Bomb Tom! I think uh, <laughs> he was going to fly out for the benefit. I'm sure he still will. Um, so I'd love to. No, a lot of people. That's that's what we had to kind of can't make the decision to cancel it before they canceled it for us which ended up being the next day but it's like people were getting on planes you know like we had to like kind of look this didn't feel right we got to cancel and, and yeah we did and like yeah like i said if we waited another day the decision would have been made for us would have been out of our hands anyway so well 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 hey it's kurt baker and you are listening to the dummy room don't be a dummy but stay in the room <laughs> Well, all right, Ronnie. I won't keep you any longer. Always right, nice man. to have you on. Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe I'll have to have you on um, before the, before this time next year. You know, just for something other than this day. I'm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, always here for you. And um, yeah, I didn't even realize till the other day that it was uh, going to be two years since since uh, Kim left us. Uh, so on October second. So, yeah, no, I I did. I remembered. I was like, gotta gotta give Ronnie a call here. Gotta get yeah. him on. So, God, what 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 a crazy two years it's been since then, too, right? Absolutely. Like, like yeah. last time, I said the world went to shit after yeah. she passed away. Yeah, it really did. It still so, sucks. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I know. you know. But um, yeah, things are weird. But uh, yeah, we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna all be okay. I want to end on a positive note. But I'm always here for you, Nate. Anytime you want to talk. So. All right, man. Well, um, it's always nice. It's, it's like I said, you're one of my favorite people to have on. Can't can't wait to have you on. I get pretty excited because there's always there's always a great story coming from you, Ronnie. And I get to see all the cool shit behind you. And yeah, uh, yeah. Actually, mate, we'll have to talk next year. We didn't. I didn't even get to. Uh, we have a uh, we have a Muffs reissue coming out next year. So. Another one. Another one. Uh, I, I mean, I can. Yeah, it was supposed to be alert today, but. Uh, Negotiations fell through. Um, did Did you run into Fat Mike? Because last time you said you needed to uh, talk to him yet. Yeah. No. Um. Uh. You know. Um. <laughs> it wasn't me. Like like um. The label that that has done our reissues, Omnivore, was ta- actually talking to the the fat people, and uh, it seemed like it was going to work out. They wanted to keep the digital rights, and um, and basically they just stopped. They stopped responding, and uh, yeah. I even stepped in and wrote an email. Um, uh, and I never got a response. It'd be nice to just get a firm no, you know. But um, you know, the pandemic happened. Who knows? Maybe yeah, yeah. More important things happen. But uh, we had to move on. So we're reissuing really, really happy uh, next cool. year. And uh, we'll talk. We can talk about the details later. But uh, I will say, uh, there's a really special component of it that's going to be a standalone record for Record Store Day uh, in April. Cool. So there will be a must record for Record Store Day. But uh, 
We'll talk about that. How's that for a teaser cliffhanger? Yeah, we'll absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it gives me something to look forward to. There you go. <laughs> Having you back. <laughs> All right, hey, I, I, like I said at the beginning of the show, Ronnie, I was going to come back and I was going to ask you if you had like one of those uh, great Kim stories that you haven't told oh. to too many people. Oh, God. Give me an exclusive, maybe. Um, <laughs> see, I've been talking so much, I haven't had a chance to think about one. Um, yeah, uh, uh how about a how about a pixie story? Because Kim Kim didn't she didn't go public about her experience with the pixies, and a lot of people, you know, just hear that story. Oh, she got kicked out for stage diving, blah blah blah. <laughs> well, um, that wasn't exactly true. I mean, that that did happen, and, and they didn't like that she staged up. But that that happened like her like fourth gig, you know, in the band. She did. She wanted to do like four months of touring with them. Um. um I can tell you that Kim uh, on the road called me and told me that she went, um, she did hot yoga with with Charles, with with, with Black Francis. Uh, so there you go. Black Francis does hot yoga. <laughs> um, <laughs> which more power to him. I wish I could pull that off. Um, I don't even know what that is, actually. So I, I assume it's yoga in a sweaty room. It, it's, it's yoga in a room where they crank up the temperature to like 100 degrees. So you, so you sweat your balls off. And, and yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so people are basically wearing nothing um, <laughs> in that room. Uh, and I also tell you, Kim, they made her play like a Taurus bass pedal on a couple of songs. Okay. And uh, she hated that. She hated <laughs> it. Um, so when they, at the end of their their last tour they did together um uh since since kim and the other uh the other two guys lived in la they all flew home together and kim saw that joey was taking the uh that he had he had flown the uh taurus bass pedal home with him which normally it would go with all the rest of their equipment wherever they store it whatever and she said like how come you're taking that and he kind of said like oh, you know i'm just gonna play with this at home meanwhile they knew that she was out of the band and they were gonna like start rehearsing with somebody else so they brought that that Taurus bass pedal home to uh, to <laughs> rehearse with with Paz, the new member, and before they told Ken. So there you go. Well, they were lucky to have her. Yeah, though no, she was good in the for band. a little bit. I know. Yeah. I, I, I they did their first show together at a small club called the Echo here, and I remember like I got the chills. Like first song they did like Bone Machine, and like Kim was great in the band. Like when they did that harmony, you know, on the chorus, like I got the chills, and I was like. Holy shit, Kim's good in this band. I, and I, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this little tidbit too. That, um, um, so what happened was we we'd made Whoopie Do, and you know we we, you know we we'd hooked up with Burger. We're trying to figure out when to release it and all that kind of stuff. And and we had a band meeting. This is in like March uh, of 2013. And uh, and and so yeah, we're just having a band meeting, which is not unusual every now and then. So we go to Kim's house. Me and Roy sit down, and Kim Kim starts biting like. Okay, so I'm in the Pixies, and what's going to happen is, and I'm like, wait, 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 what? She goes, yeah, yeah, I'm in the Pixies. So anyway, here's what we're going to do with our record. But I'm, I'm, what, what, what do you mean? She's like, and they're like, like, yeah, I'm in the Pixies. I told Roy a couple months ago, but we knew we couldn't tell you, Ronnie, because you have such a big mouth. Um, that you, can... <laughs> which they knew me well, right? I'm, I'm the gossip of the group. So, um, <laughs> so when they announced Kim was in the Pixies, she'd been in the Pixies six months already, and. I'd learned 80 songs and, and you wow. know, so, uh, so she was in the Pixies almost a year, whereas pe most people think she was in the band like three or four months, but, um, 
Yeah. So, so when you first saw her play with them, were you like kind of irritated? I mean, were you like, I want to be playing with her, you know? Well, um, <laughs> I knew, well, first off, at, we had talked and, and it was clear Kim was not, we weren't breaking up, you know, she was just yeah. going to do both. Like, she's like, I can be in the most too. Um, little did she know though, like, like they did literally like four months pretty much straight touring like i think they only had like two weeks off in four months and then they she told me they'd given her a list of dates for all the next that spread out all through the next year and uh and she she told me she's like i'm looking at these dates thinking like i i don't know that i can do this like i don't know that i can like like here's the thing people think it's like yeah you're on this tour and it's a higher level and you're playing big theaters and you're flying first class and you you were staying in five-star hotels, um, but she had a worse time doing that tour than doing a tour where, a smaller tour with us, um, just for the camaraderie and just for the, yeah, you know, uh, it, it, she enjoyed playing. Sure, she enjoyed playing those big gigs. Of course she did. And she loved the Pixies, which uh, most of us do. Um, but she enjoyed playing. She also enjoyed playing a, a packed club full of Muffs fans and playing her own songs. I mean, she was never not going to want to do her own songs. So, you know. They, they, I love they, the Pixies, but I go Muffs all day before the Pixies. Yeah, if it had gone on, I mean, Kim would have <laughs> probably bat out of the band because they probably would have wanted her to just be a Pixie. And, and the yeah, schedule yeah. would have been too. I mean, those guys tour a lot. You know, they, they again, I'm talking in before pandemic times. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so there you go. That, that said, it got us a lot of press. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> so when she got the press leaving the band. And, and so when Whoopie Doo came out, you know, we got more press than we ever got when Whoopie Doo came out. <laughs> That's like, great. For the Pixies angle and for the fact we didn't have a record for 10 years and all that stuff. So good, yeah. uh, good promotional ploy on yeah. her part. There you go. <laughs> Figure out a way to sell a few more records. <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's some minor Pixie stories that, that make one big good yeah yeah cool well i appreciate it man like i said uh looking forward to having you back before record store day everybody turn the shit off go listen to the moffs crank it up and we'll see you guys next week thanks ronnie thanks Nate. bye bye
very.